0: New York's Madison Square Garden, a city college quintet, faces five fast and fancy web feet from the University of Oregon. It's the opening contest of an intersectional doubleheader, and New York draws two points worth of first blood.
1: guys it's back again the old man game we are here we listen this we're just testing in the waters right now okay we're putting our feet in we're feeling stuff out you can't listen especially guys at our age you can't just explode out the bat because what happens you wear yourself down and it's done in 10 minutes we're here for the long haul so we're gonna start slowly but surely if you love the first episode you're gonna love what's going on here remember iron man 2 sucked and at the end of the thing, it finally <laughs> figured stuff out. So, John Hamm, Brandon Rabar. Uh, we are the old man game i of course am tv's jerry you're very very welcome yeah we're going to talk about basketball yeah we're going to talk about the thunder yeah we're going to talk but we're here just to hang so hang with us uh if you're on the live broadcast we do have some private chats i don't know maybe we don't i don't know we could have a fans only by the end of this damn thing who who knows because it's it's crazy but no oklahoma city thunder game tonight but it's going to be a very very busy week coming up two against houston two against minnesota and this whole mini series thing that's going on, sort of a baseball feel. And, and Brandon, I think you were on today with Dagnault and uh, some of the players, right? So I just want to get to you real quick. What are they thinking about, like the NBA setup and how it is with the the new mini series stuff?
2: With Dagnault it's it's funny. He does look at it that way. He always looks at the second game. It seems like he has fun with it because he can make those adjustments and see what they did wrong the first game and improve the second game. And you saw it with the Clippers. Back-to-back. The Thunder played much, much better in the second game than they did the first game. If that continues, I mean, obviously, small sample size. We'll see what happens with the Rockets and with the Timberwolves' little back-to-back series. But it it could be a good sign for the playoffs with Nalt. I mean, whenever that is. I mean, we're not talking anytime soon. But eventually this Thunder team will be back in the playoffs and hopefully Dagnot will be at the head of the team. And if so, I mean, if he's a guy that can make adjustments from one game to another, that would be improvement over
0: some of the past Thunder coaches already. I mm. mean, John, I mean, let's start talking about these miniseries. I wonder if this is gonna become more of a thing going forward. I mean, obviously this year it's largely COVID related but I kind of wonder if they're not going to do that a little bit more going forward. And I've heard some of the reasons in the past, like, you know, how do you sell tickets? Uh, Teams struggle on like a home home to home back to back on, on consecutive nights. Uh, How do you sell tickets if you have a Houston game on Monday and Houston game on Wednesday, you know, and and, uh, the same thing, you know, uh, Friday and Saturday with Minnesota, the NBA is going to have to continue to get creative on cramming 82 games into the schedule and eliminating or reducing back-to-backs, I should say, and reducing four games in five nights and reducing travel. And this might become more of a thing. Where, yeah, you you come in and you, and you do a, a two-game set against an opponent. You know, save a, save a few miles of travel along the way.
1: I love the idea of maybe these Eastern-Western matchups. You put them back-to-back and you never see them again. Wouldn't you love to put Indiana, like the Shriner Circus, and just stick it on a Friday and a Saturday night? Bring in, a, <laughs> bring in an elephant ride at halftime and just yep. be done with the whole damn thing by the end of December. I, I actually, I think, is a, a decent idea. just It just makes for strange bedfellows. Because we saw it uh, earlier this uh, year. You're playing really close with the team. Uh, I think the Pelicans, whenever uh, the Oklahoma State Thunder played them on New Year's Eve, just trash. I mean, I think season low, seven points in the fourth quarter. uh, They were warming up their cars trying to get the hell out of there. And then, you know, a couple nights later, next thing you know, they, they beat the Pelicans. This team is just weird, and I expect a lot of that this week. I don't know what to expect out of Houston. Uh, they have been winning, and, and listen, they finally got rid of their baggage. Uh, that didn't want to be there, which th- that's working out for the Nets. Everything's working out for everybody, it seems like. But uh, Oklahoma City and Houston, I'm telling you, I like this Houston team a lot, John.
0: You were talking about Chris Clemens, right, as, <laughs> as the guy that he didn't want to be there anymore. That's the guy Houston got rid of and made everything better.
1: I did not know that Chris Clemens was so upset. I was talking about the other guy, the beefier guy. I, I forgot his name. He didn't. He didn't play tonight. But the beefy guy they used to play in Oklahoma City. Uh, yeah.
0: Here, in honor of the old man game, let's just take a moment and recite every old man player that has played in OKC. Nazi Muhammad.
1: I'm just trying to think of the beefy. Obviously, I'll go Robert Swift. <laughs> uh, I'll go uh, Nenad Kerstic. He had some beef, too. You know uh, what? Kerstic should have played tonight. Hold on. He should have played yeah. for the Nets tonight.
0: Everybody – I mean, if Harden wasn't going to play – Kirstich should have been in there. I'm sorry. Go ahead, John. No, look, the Wizards could use some help right now. They are down several guys. They're getting a bunch of guys back into shape. They could use a Nenad Kirstich right now. And if if you need a chair thrown, I mean, you could always have Nenad Kirstich around. Um, How about Ryan Bowen? Remember, you may not – this is a deep cut. This is not really an old man thing. This is just a deep cut. Ryan Bowen, the former Iowa forward, played with the Rockets for a while, uh, bounced around a couple other places. I think he played one game for the Thunder.
1: Oh my gosh, who just came back to the uh coaching staff for the uh blue? The oh the point guard that was gonna that was better than Russ there for half a oh, year. Eric Maynard. Eric, Eric. <laughs> Eric.
2: <laughs> Yeah, that's great. Uh, that's great. That, that's a good one. BJ Mullins, he bought me Whataburger one night, <laughs> randomly randomly <laughs> ran into BJ Mullins when he was in Oklahoma City wow i was wearing like a thunder shirt or something It's like hey let me get your let me get your water burger for you i was like sweet so i feel like i owe him and i gotta give him a shout out here we are like 10
0: years later so whenever he went to pay the cashier did he actually connect or or did he <laughs> was he wide right did, did it come up short like how, how did that transaction work
1: <laughs> well it wasn't you know it wasn't dj white because he wouldn't be able to eat because he always had that <laughs> jaw problem
0: yeah, his his jaw was wired shut. <laughs> hey, we do we do have a comment here from from uh, from Derek Cole Aldrich was thick. <laughs> that's, that's a <laughs> to, good choice with multiple this, C's.
1: <laughs> to this day, I still hate Cole Aldrich because he came into <laughs> Lloyd Noble and just dominated that Oklahoma Kansas game that uh, Blake Griffin was absent because he had had a concussion. Right, I think I remember
0: like, that. Like
1: 16 rebounds or something. And I always get so mad one because it's Kansas and I hate Kansas. I hate Kansas more than I hate my ex wife because at least my ex wife slept with me. Uh, But I hate Kansas. And Cole Aldridge had all those rebounds. And I said, there's no damn way that Cole Aldridge would have had all those rebounds if Blake would have been in there. So there's my OU basketball homer moment. Sorry.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, like him, Jared Haas. Is also on my on my list of Kansas players that I just never could I just couldn't stand. Do you uh, really want to go? Hard. I'm so upset about
2: 1988 and Danny Manning. Personally. Don't
0: get Jerry started. Don't. Oh, oh. you you just said the trigger word there. <laughs> uh. Is that was that
1: the year? Was that the year? <laughs> I...
0: <laughs> uh, rested. Danny, in peace, really dumbass,
1: passed. is doing. He's doing a commentary now like he's in he's in a hole somewhere asking people questions cuz he couldn't get it done at Wake Forest.
0: Oh, oh, ah, oh, okay. no. you should have stayed at Tulsa. Just like every other up and coming head coach should have stayed at Tulsa. First press conference I ever did covering OU basketball,
1: they played Tulsa. Danny Manning's lanky ass comes in there and breaks the table. <laughs> I told you the story. <laughs> He sits at the he sits, okay. First of all, like he hasn't been 6'11 all his life, right? Right. He sits yeah. at the table and you know, like moves up and stuff and like starts to get loose. And he's like, Oh, did I do that? Yes, you monster. Yes, you did that. <laughs> so Danny Manning pulled an Urkel. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's amazing. I almost walked out and quit. <laughs> I'd be working at Whataburger right now. <laughs> well, you might run into BJ Mullins. Absolutely.
1: Um, that's right.
0: I, I already forgot what your question was before we started going off on an old man tangent. How about the Rockets? <laughs> nothing about the Rockets, I guess. I think they're a team that is going to be just like average enough for most of the season. They could very well make some moves to offload some salary. I mean, look, Tillman, Fertitta, if he can save a few more bucks, man, Woo, that is music to his ears. Uh, so, what is the Thunder's best?
1: What is the best thing they can do against the Rockets? Because they still need this Rockets pick to convey, don't they, Brandon? Yeah, so if it's top four protected, then the Rockets keep it. But the Rockets have won five in a row. At
2: one point, Thunder fans were a little bit worried that they were going to lose that Rockets pick because it might land in the top four. I don't think that's so much worry anymore. John Wall looks pretty good. I mean, he looks like his old self for the most part. Victor Oladipo looks good. Christian Wood. You know, these guys have been injured a lot, and they've won five in a row, but they've been beating up on some
1: pretty soft teams. They haven't had any really solid good wins. They've been beating up on some soft teams, like yeah. a team I don't know. They gave up 147 in regulation. Maybe a team yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. It's not like they're coming up against the vibranium anytime soon. Uh, against <laughs> the Thunder, the Thunder Denver gave up 150 points. Yeah, you know it's a win-win
2: for the Thunder. If they lose, lose. That's a win-win. If they win, win. That's a win-win. If They win, lose. That's a win-win. And if they lose, win. That's a win-win. Yeah, <laughs> because it's all it's about like a casino. Exactly.
0: even when you lose you win at whatever casino
1: yeah no you don't want your kid going to college anyway do you
0: (laughs) every time you push that little button and and here's the thing i mean everyone is obviously super focused on that rockets pick and i get it have a glance at that miami pick miami is 7 and 12 um it would be super ironic like uh, now understand okc gets the two best picks Right between theirs, Miami's, and Houston's. What if they get Miami's and Houston's pick and not their own when it's all said and done? That'd be wild.
1: He has a setup, though. Sam Presti absolutely has a setup. And I've gotten to the point where, you know, I'm always looking around. I'm looking for the best guy to follow that gives me like a daily update on where the picks are going to be and stuff like that. But like you said, John, Miami sucks. Houston, I don't know what they're going to do. Oklahoma City, that you think, oh my gosh, they're too good to tank uh, for a couple of games. And then they, you know, they lay an egg like they do against the Nets. And I just man everything is gonna like bob marley everything's gonna be all right everything's gonna work out fine so um and it just you know we started to look at this team now and we talk about this on a a micro level we you know all three of us really follow this team and we live and die and try to evaluate every single game Uh, i'm looking at this team and you came on our show uh last week brandon and started up a nice little discussion And I have never seen so much like blow up in my mentions of people who do or do not believe if Shay is an all-star or not. Let me get out as the the guy is starting this thing off. Let me just start straight up. Shay is not an all-star. He's not close. This This year. year. Uh, Well, I mean, this is all we have, John. We're in the the presence. I'm watching current Avengers. I'm not watching with the different timelines. You're right. I'm, I'm
0: just trying to. I'm just trying to because people will will take that and they will aggregate it and say Jerry Ramsey said Shea is not an all star ever, and so just you know just making sure to clarify you're, you're talking about this season.
1: I'm just hoping somebody listens to me and repeats what I say. That's fantastic. <laughs> I hope they do. Anyway. <laughs> They no serious. wonder
0: you say the outrageous
1: <laughs> <stuff>. <laughs> but he's not an all-star he's not even close to an all-star because even brandon when he came on the show we talked about it and you didn't have jay McCullen uh, because he was injured you didn't have jay uh jama because you know he hasn't played enough games but both those dudes are better than shea right now shea is a very good player but he's not an all-star if you look at the numbers
2: this year I mean, he's averaging 22 a game, 6.5 assists, 5.5 rebounds. There's only like four players who are doing that this year. I think it's him, LeBron, Jokic, and some other superstar. And then when you look at his efficiency, you know, what he's shooting from the field and from the three-point line. And then if you look at the guys who are hurt, I mean, like Ja really isn't going to play enough games when all of a sudden done, I don't think, to qualify. CJ McCollum's hurt for the rest of the season, and Booker's team is supposed to be a easy playoff team. To me, it comes down to Booker and Shea. And Shea's numbers are just better this year. Booker's averaging one point more per game. But other than that, across the board, efficiency, assists, rebounds, all those things, Shea is better than Booker is statistically. But, you know, the, the team isn't going to have enough wins. And Shea doesn't have the narrative. He doesn't have the past all-star selections. I don't think he'll make it because he doesn't have the reputation yet, and the team's not going to have the record. But if you look at numbers, I think statistically he's an all-star this year.
0: John? So I was kind of going through and looking at what does the team kind of look like? Utah is getting two guys in, right? Yeah, it, yeah. Should be and, it should be Gobert and Mitchell. I
1: yeah. mean, Donovan's not an elite level. I mean, I wasn't. I was told that by some fat guy on television. <laughs> uh, but, but I guess he's an all-star yep. this year.
0: Yeah, this year he, he would not have been in 1993. Um, you know. <laughs> yes. um, okay, so the Clippers are getting two guys in, right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Lakers are getting two guys in. Does that sound reasonable? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Denver's getting at least one. Yep. Especially after today. Jokic is definitely in, but
2: Shea's numbers are so much better than Jamal Murray's this year. Like, not even close. I well, yeah. I,
1: I agree with you, and Jamal Murray hasn't been playing well.
0: Yeah. Yep. So, Phoenix, do they have one or two All-Stars?
1: Oh, boy. Well, none. I mean, you would think Devin
2: Booker is going to make it. Chris Paul made it last year, but CP3's numbers just aren't there this season.
1: Not a good call. Yeah. A but, but he yeah. is CP3. He is CP3. Yeah.
0: So, uh, I think uh, Portland is getting one in. They might have gotten two if things would have held up, but I think they're getting one, correct? Yep. Okay. Golden State is getting one. For sure. Okay. Uh, it's a popularity contest, and, and that dude's always popular. And then after that, I mean, that's when you start. Doncic is going to be on the team. Yeah. You know, we're, we're, wherever Dallas, Dallas's record lies, he's going to be on the team. Is Zion um, going to be on the team? That was going to be my next question. Yep. That was going to be my next one. And I think this is probably, Brandon, where we start having this sort of Shay versus Zion conversation because Zion obviously is the hype. And right. so he is going to garner a lot of the attention and, and everything that Shay probably will not.
2: Yeah, I agree. When it comes down to popularity and name recognition and all those things, I don't think Shea makes it. I just think that statistically he deserves it, but I don't think he'll make it based on name value. I agree with that.
1: Okay, so all this to say he's not an all-star. Uh, Shay, is not, not an I think
2: he is.
0: I think he is. Look, check back next year when he is playing with Jonathan Kaminga and Cade Cunningham. Oh, his numbers are going to fly off of the screen, man. And I, so hope, that's- I hope not. I'm hoping he's distributing the ball, and he doesn't have to put up all those numbers. Hey, and, and here's the thing about him. If Shay wanted to go out and drop 28 a game this season, I think the door is open. I think it is very much there if he if he wanted to do that, if he wanted to say I'm just gonna pick a phrase out of thin end here, now I do what I want. If he were to <laughs> say something like that, I think the dude could drop 28 a game but I mean we yeah. have seen this all season. He is not imposing when I say he's not imposing his will, I mean like uh, to the to the detriment of the team right? He is very much, everything is coming within the flow of an offense, which is, again, something really weird for a lot of us longtime Thunder watchers to really understand.
1: I think that his game lends to him not getting the all-star recognition. Okay, how about this? Let's do this out here, and this hasn't been asked, and this is a, a fun little fantasy question. Is he ever going to score 50? In his career, will Shea ever score 50? Mm, My answer not. is no right off the bat, because obviously I hate him, but uh, I think... <laughs> I, I don't. I just. I don't think his game lends to it, and by I mean his game, I, he's too unselfish for. He does good, look for the good basketball play.
0: Um, that's probably about right. Although I will say, in that Brooklyn game, I was encouraged that he did sort of take command of the offense, so to speak. And by the way, Brooklyn was like throwing double teams at him, and he was just slipping through them, just knife through butter. So maybe this is an evolution type thing. I, I believe. He has the ability to do it. I believe he has the offensive versatility to do it. Like you say, it's it, it probably is just not his mentality. And also, you know, uh, th- this team is probably going to not really be in a position that necess- necessitates uh, a night like that. But, you know, uh, I don't know. That's a very long-winded answer. I'm going to let Brandon make it sound a lot better.
2: Yeah, I, I agree with both of you. I think it comes down to does he want to or not. When you look at his shooting numbers from the field, from the three-point line, and his free throw rate now, like advanced stats and his true shooting percentage, all those things line up and say if he wanted to shoot it 30 times tomorrow night, he's going to score 40 points. He could do it pretty much any time he steps on the court this season because his true shooting percentage lends itself to that. He can do it. But like you guys said, he just doesn't want to. He's always going to make the right play. A lot of basketball players, you know, if it comes down to, hey, he's got 38 points, they're going to shoot for that 40th point. Shea would rather dish it off to an open guy rather than go one-on-one against the defender because that's the better shot. I mean, he always wants the right basketball play. I think if he's in a game where he's feeling hot and he feels like it's the right basketball play for him to score 40 points – then he'll end up scoring 40 points. But if he feels like the right basketball play is to to dish off a few times and he ends up with 38, he's going to end up with 38. I think he's so young. He's 22. Eventually he'll hit the 50 point mark in some game, but maybe it'll be an overtime game. Maybe a game where you just can't miss from three,
0: but I think it'll happen. A lot of this, too, I think goes to Mark Degnall that's sort of the system that he has put in place, right? Now, as we all know, as we've seen throughout NBA history, there have been these, these good work hard, play together type teams that tend to exceed expectations. And then someone either comes in at a star level or evolves to a star level, and that goes out the window, yeah. right? So, but for now, I th- I think that Dagnold is is putting in or is or is teaching this sort of philosophy that Brandon sort of described for the better of the team and making your teammates better and not forcing things because this this team rarely forces things right unless there's like you know four seconds on the shot clock and someone's got the ball in their hand or if it's Hami with eighteen on the shot clock that's the only time you really see things being forced
1: or Poku uh, whenever uh, he loses his dribble and just says to hell with it it's. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've seen that quite a bit. Uh, we will listen. We'll talk to. We'll talk about the thunder and we'll circle around. Start talking about some of these younger guys. Obviously, Maladon had a great uh, game the other night. Uh, I, I will do my usual two or three minute uh, stand-up routine about Poku. Uh, but I want to, the old man game. Listen, all three of us tonight have to appreciate a couple things that happened over this weekend. First of all, I think we're fresh off of, and I'll be very honest with you. Uh, I did not get to see. I haven't seen the. Hi- I've seen some highlights of the uh, Nets and Wizards game. This was the game that everyone wanted to see with KD and Russ. There's true salt there. The Nets Wizards tonight, John, we've been waiting on that Russ-KD thing, and when the 30-for-30 comes out, I'll be damned if tonight's little highlights of what happened is not going to be included.
0: As we know, after KD left OKC – Whenever the Thunder went up against him, it was always competitive blowouts, right? Yep. I, that first time when KD came back to OKC, that was the closest blowout, I think, or the most competitive blowout I've ever seen um, because the Thunder just kept fighting. They were just – they were punching up. Uh, they were Ant-Man punching up at at uh, Thanos, right? Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's what, that's what that game was. So we have been looking forward to this. There was this stretch for a while. Whenever the Thunder and Warriors went up against one another – it was a blowout one way or the other. I mean, even when OKC, like you know, got Paul George and Carmelo Anthony, and they would go beat them by twenty, and it's like, what is? It? They figured it out. They've they've cracked the code. They're going to take down the uh, well. They could have maybe. Brandon tonight, just watching. However, you watch it through Twitter, if you actually
1: got to see some of the stuff. As a former Thunder guy, you have to watch that game and just like, uh, yes, we've been wanting this forever.
2: Yeah, no, it was so much fun to watch it. It was Russ versus Katie, and I love that James Harden set out tonight because they were kind of on equal ground tonight. Russ had Bill. KD had Kyrie Irving, so it was kind of equal terms. And Russ was the best player on the court tonight. It was so much fun to see. Russ scored 41 points, had a near triple-double. He had the game-winner, a three. They stole the ball with just a couple of seconds left. Dished it to Russ. Russ hit the three. Russ has played 11 games this season. He is 0 9 versus everybody except for KD, who he's 2-0 and against. 2-0 and <laughs> versus KD, 0-9 <laughs> against everyone else. He's averaging 32.5 points per game against KD. He's averaging 18.3 points per game against everyone else. That's why you got to love Russell Westbrook, the penny in him. I mean, it's so perfect. Yeah. He saves yeah. it for KD. He had a, a chase down block on KD that was beautiful to watch from behind. Russ looked like MVP Russ tonight. And hopefully for the Wizards and Russ going forward, we see more of that. And hopefully he's healing up and this kind of triggers something with the Wizards because it's been hard to watch the Wizards this season.
0: I, I was going to say, Brandon, the you know, the Nets, we just saw them in Oklahoma City. And obviously they put up a very uh, just you know effortless 147 against the Thunder. And Jerry just referenced that. Keep in mind, they also gave up 125 to the Thunder. Yeah. And then tonight – the Nets gave up 149 to the Washington Wizards. Uh, it, Mo Wagner, for crying out loud, had 17 <laughs> points off the bench. Okay, like that is that is the problem. That is the problem with the Nets. I'm not saying it's, it's fatal. Uh, it's obviously something they'd still have time to address. But, man, that defense – it can't be that bad. It cannot be that bad. The offense is great, but the defense just cannot be that bad.
1: John, real quick, obviously you don't understand the coaching uh, style of Steve Nash. This is <laughs> something that I have broke down uh, intensely, uh, what mm-hmm. he was going to do. The guys that he got to help him, these no-names that he got on the bench, I think may have something to do with how that defense is playing and how they play basketball uh with the influence yeah. that, think about th- think about steve nash and the sandwich that he is in right now right the coaches that are playing currently that are on the court and then the coaches that are on the bench next to him and I know you have to social distance but that's even way too that's way too close I'm not gonna say bad coaching but a certain style for a first year head coach to figure out Brandon I was just gonna say since the James Harden trade the
2: Nets have the number one offense in the league and it would be the number one offense of all time if they kept it up. Also, since the James Harden trade, they have the worst defense in the league, and it would translate to being the worst defense of all time if they kept it up. (laughs) Literally the best
1: offense and the worst defense. I wonder if you go back and look. I need to look at D'Antoni on basketball reference and just to see his teams throughout the years, like how they they were like that. I would love to see that. I'm sure he's never been 11th in offense and 19th in defense, or you know, I don't think right. I'd love to see how close he got.
0: Yeah, and and like I remember a few years ago, uh, like the Cleveland Cavaliers were like a top five offense, but their defense was so bad. But they had LeBron James, like they could get away with that. They got to the finals, they lost. Um, But you know, that just goes to show, like it can happen if you have great players. But man, it's a lot to overcome. You've got to have something on the defensive end and what the nets have right now is a spectacular offense, but they just can't defend anyone.
1: Unbelievable. Absolutely. Unbelievable. But before we go back to the thunder, let's take a timeout real quick. Uh, we we'll are be on here for just a little bit longer, but John, I, I alluded to earlier, you said too, Uh this is not an endorsement, but we are old men and we're not getting paid. So tonight I'm just going to let you know my drink of choice. I'm just going with a classic going with the makers. Mark uh, on ice. Yes, I put my whiskey in ice. Don't come at me. I'm a hundred years old. Whatever. I'm a hundred years old. For you know why I put ice in so I don't get as much heartburn. Like that's what I'm worried about. <laughs> I'm worried about heartburn. Oh.
0: Oh, so, so why don't you just put some Pepto in there along I'm not, with it? I'm not worried about getting lit. I'm just, uh, you know. <laughs> here's how, here's how
2: little I know about alcohol, Jerry. I thought your maker's mark was the Sam's brand, the Sam's Club <laughs> brand.
1: <laughs> that's, I think that's Ember's mark, <laughs> Yeah. Brandon, what, what are you going with tonight? What is your beverage of choice? So,
2: so I thought I thought that you had like a whole case of like tequila <laughs> or whatever in your garage. <laughs> 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 Mine is a V8 energy <laughs> cranberry raspberry. Diet. Yeah. Wow.
1: Yeah. It's That's my why. Yeah, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. got you, yeah. Yeah. Is that what you say whenever you get caught buying it and that we're, like, somebody catches you with it in the cart? Oh, no, 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 no for my wife.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that white claw, too. Totally not mine. Right, totally yeah. not mine.
1: And, and once again, unrelated story ran into a former coworker of mine. I'm not going to say his name, but I uh, hadn't seen him in a little while. And we're walking on in, in Target and, you know, buggy to buggy. Oh my gosh, I haven't seen you forever. How are you doing? Oh, I'm fine the biggest package of tampons you've ever seen in your life. And it's just him and his son. And it's just like, <laughs> dude, I'm in there. Yeah. And you just, yeah. You're trying not to make eye contact with, Hey, so how about those bears?
0: <laughs> and and here's the truth. You have a decent chance of running into Jerry Ramsey at the Edmund target. Um, I, I have done it myself. I, I walked up and asked for an autograph. Um, he asked to. he offered his hand to shake my hand i reminded him we're in the middle of a pandemic
1: <laughs> i do pictures i'm just like bill russell though i will do a picture i won't do an autograph though oh so, okay yep. because tv's jerry is what i do it's not mm-hmm. who I am. yeah you know, that reminds me so the other
2: night at the thunder game i was sitting next to andrew schlett from down to dunk so my automatic instinct was to give him a fist bump and then afterwards like the next five minutes i was He probably wants to like sanitize like his (laughs) knuckles right now because they gave him a fist bump. So, Andrew, if you're listening, sorry about that fist bump, man. I'll do an air bump next time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, uh, uh, Jerry, what I have here is called Dry Fly. I picked this up tonight. Very oaky finish. And and I don't mean like Oklahoma, I mean like oak is in the the tree. It, It has. A very oaky fit you know, like you, you put it in your mouth right you're and you're like oh that's a that's a good flight and then it's got a very it's not overwhelmingly smoky like your uh lagavulin gotcha it's not, it's not to that degree but it's got some oak to it so it's like you're chewing on a canoe it's fine like yes. <laughs> yeah 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 me and uh me and ron offerman ron offerman oh uh, oh gosh nick offerman yeah <laughs> I'm just, I'm just combining his Ron name Swanson. along with his, yes, there yeah, you go. his okay. famous TV character.
1: Yes, Ron Swanson. By the way, I, guess I did get some of the Lagavugan the, uh, whatever from uh, my kids for my birthday. And uh, it's like somebody it, – it has nice hints of really good uh, scotch. And then somebody took a cigar and just like grinded yeah. it in there at the end there. Yeah. You're literally it's- like smoking it.
0: It's got, a, it's got an essence of Marlboro. Mar- Mar- <laughs> Mar- <laughs> Clearly, I've had too much of this stuff. Oh,
1: okay. All right. Let's get into some of the Oklahoma City Thunder youth, the youth movement that's coming. And uh, Tim Alladon the other night, overmatched. Absolutely overmatched. It was an embarrassing game. But- oh, he
0: just hit another three. Oh,
1: that's <laughs> cool. But yeah. offensively, he was feeling it and knocking everything down. I always talk about my three columns that I have, the future, the future, assets and experiments that's what the Oklahoma City Thunder have on their roster this year they have the future they have assets and they have experiments I think uh after that game uh not that you know maybe it was maybe the coaching staff already knew this but I think everybody saw that you can put Melodon in the future I don't know if he's going to be the starting point guard I don't know if he's going to be a combo guard in the back uh you know in the backcourt with Shea but he's definitely going to be a member of this team for the next three or four five years whatever they can do with him you agree Brandon
2: Yeah, absolutely. I was high on Teo Maladone going into the draft. He was supposed to be picked between 20 to 25 in the draft. And at one point, he was supposed to be a top 10 to lottery pick guy. But when NBA scouts went over to watch his team in France, according to Tony Parker and some other insiders, his coaches sat him on the bench, didn't really play many minutes. But they think that that hurt his draft stock. But his draft stock is higher than where he got selected. And you know he went 6-for-6-for-3 the other night. That ties an all-time NBA record for most made threes by a rookie without a miss. And really, he was a toenail away from going seven and seven. He really hit seven, but his foot was over the line on one of them. I think it shows the difference between when you're running the offense yourself and you're shooting threes off the dribble and creating your own shot versus catching and shooting along Shea and Dort and those guys and the shots that they can create for you. I think that this shows that Tao is a good shooter. That one game bumped him up to like 38% from three on the year. I think Teo is a good player. I think that we saw it in the preseason and we've seen flashes, the maturity, the vision, the IQ, all those things. There's a reason why at one point he was supposed to be the better French prospect than Killian Hayes, who was taken at number seven overall this year. I think that Teo is the real deal. I think he's going to stick around 19 years old. I really like his ceiling and I like even his floor. His floor is nice because of that IQ and and the skill set that he brings obviously to the table.
1: His floor is great. His ceiling is great, but he uses European uh, plugins, so you can't get anything to work sometimes. By <laughs> the way, whatever happened to that bomb Killian Hayes? Anyway, uh, what, mm. what a disappointment that kid's
0: been. Where did he wind up? Oh, I'm just wondering. Like, is this a Sam Bresty thing? Is he like, hey Tony? Yeah, I, I've I've heard you got a bunch of scouts coming over. Can you just like not play Tayo tonight? <laughs> 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 I, I just I just wonder. I just, I've just thrown it out there. I'm that's what people do these days. They don't actually have facts. They just have ideas and they just present them as what if I'm just, I'm just saying it out loud. I'm just saying this out loud.
1: (laughs) Uh, John, I want you to do uh, your job a little bit. So I know you've been heavy uh, on the booze, but let's figure this out real quick. Uh, we know that Dort is the best uh, contract in the entire NBA. I mean, I I don't know that, but I'm going to say it out loud, uh, and I'm going to say it with uh, you know with some gumption because I I think it's true. I can't you know who's more productive uh, and with a, a b- bigger future than this kid with the amount of money he's making. Then you talk about taking Teo, uh, what thirty fourth? Is that what he was taking? I know he was a second rounder, but like thirty fourth. Can you talk to me about the payroll here in the next couple of years? If Teo does end up being a guy who's a major minutes guy and possibly a starter, Dort's already solidified himself, I think, uh, as a starter for the next couple of years, the way that he's done it. You're still not paying these guys anything. I mean, is this just a, is this just a coup that the Thunder going to have for the next couple of years where they're going to have trouble hitting the damn uh, salary floor because they're getting such great bargain bin movies?
0: <laughs> yeah, I honestly don't. So first of all, I don't think that's going to be an issue. I really don't. Um, because I think that Sam Presti will use everything as an asset that he has available and like money under the salary cap is an asset to, Hey, you need to dump a contract. Just attach a second round pick to it. We'll be more than happy to take that off your hand. It's like when you call city of Edmond and call for big trash pickup. Yeah, just put a second round pick at the curb. We'll pick it up <laughs> Next Wednesday. Right. Um, so, I mean, that's that's the number one thing. Number two is that some teams have fallen short of the salary floor in the past, including the Dallas Mavericks, the guy, you know, the team owned by the big loudmouth billionaire type guy that gives people money to make things. I, I forget what he does exactly. But yeah, yeah, like the Mavericks failed to hit the floor one year. I think Denver fell short one year. Like, it's not the end of the world. Um, just things just don't line up and you don't spin enough. And so then you take that difference and you give it to the guys already on the team and they get a nice Christmas bonus, uh, not a Jilly of the month club type thing. They get an actual like financial bonus. So, so anyway, I, I, I say all that we come back and talk about these contracts, the way they're structured, they're sort of like first round contract, rookie scale contracts. They're structured sort of like that. And they're going to be below market value. And that's just like any first round pick. Yeah, I mean it's it's nice to have that because that is even uh, that's that gives you even more room to work with if you need to, you know, collect another prospect by taking someone's bad contract off their hands because these guys are making you know one one and a half million dollars and not the ten to twelve they probably should be making you know under a normal market
1: and that's the brendan and i you know, talk about that i mean this is going to be maybe for the next couple of years we're going to have more trevor rezos or we're going to have guys that are on the team but uh, aren't on the team so like i said i think that's a coup for Presty. but at some point you can package a couple of these guys and you have maybe you can overspend And get a guy in Oklahoma City that might need to get away and get to somewhere else and be able to be productive for the Thunder, don't you think? Yeah, the great thing, like John said, about this Thunder salary
2: cap and the roster moving forward, with all these guys on rookie contracts, besides Shea when he gets his extension, which is probably going to be a max extension at this point, everybody's going to be so cheap. They have the option, like John said, to take on salary, dump it. Or let's say for some crazy reason, Shea continues to rise and get better and better. And then let's say they get Kate Cunningham. They pair them up and they look like they're already a playoff team next year. And then you get a 2022 20, guy that's that's a stud too. All of a sudden, you still have a lot of salary cap room. If you wanted to, you could throw a lot of money at a star and say, hey, Kate is on a rookie deal. This 2022 pick is on a rookie deal. Shea's on a max, put you on a max. Then you got role players like Dort and Baisley and Teo Maladone. I mean, there's a lot of options where you could see the thunder either, you know, being bad for a few years and Hey, just continue to get those assets and first round picks. Or in a couple of years, you got a couple of young studs and can go out and get a star and combine them with There's, there's so many, or you could trade for one because they still have all those first-round picks in the future as well. Free agents haven't come here, but the Thunder haven't really had money to throw at anybody because they've been giving money to KD and Russ and Paul George all those years. We haven't seen what happens if the Thunder have a couple of good players and some money to lure a free agent. But they may not have to worry about it because they can throw a few first-round picks. And We see how easy it is now to get a stud player if you throw a couple first-round picks at a team. So maybe you get Shea, Cade, and a trade. And all of a sudden, you're continuing again. Lots of options for Presti moving forward. I do like Shade
1: Cade in a trade. That needs to be a (laughs) T-shirt. Shade Cade in a trade.
0: Is is it too late to change the name of our show?
1: (laughs) Well, it would be. Every time we go Thunder Heavy, we'll just go Shade Cade in a a trade, right?
0: Because it's sure as hell not going to be Marl... 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 Marvel, my, my mom spoke Cool Filter Kings, so I mean, marble. <laughs> but
1: we never did do marble whites or marble reds. So we're about to get into a little bit of Wandavision in just a second, but just a just a touch, just a dash of Poku, just a, just just, a, just enough because we've been talking about. Oh, and the future that you know you used your time stone there, Brandon, to take us to the future and uh, tell us what was coming. Not in one of those did you say anything. Oh, you know, and role players like Baisley and Dort and Poku. Ah, That didn't come out of your mouth there. So I understand that you are, You listen, you are the positive guy of the three of us, right? You're green, John's yellow, and I'm brown. But still, point is, you are the positive guy. So by all means, please tell me the improvement you've seen in Poku for the last couple of games. I do. true. <laughs> okay. And I,
2: what's funny is I thought about throwing his name in there. Like I had the thought. I was like, oh, I'll just move on. We don't know. I, I'm not positive enough I'm out there yet, but it's possible. I mean, he's still the youngest player in the NBA. He's seven, two with shoes on. We see the rebounding. We see the block shots. We see the vision. We see the passing. I mean, there are tangible skills that you can see on the floor now we see the bad turnovers. I mean, he doesn't just turn the ball over when he turns it over, he makes it count. He's not just going to like just cough up the ball. He's going to throw <laughs> it off his own rim and hit his own player in the head or bounce it off of his foot. But I mean, that just makes him all the more endearing and lovable. Right. And you know, the, the shooting hasn't been great, but it has been better since he got a concussion yeah. <laughs> it has been a lot better. So, you know, they kind of knocked him correct. And he, listen, He said it himself in one of the media calls. He says, I know I can shoot. My coaches know I can shoot. My teammates know I can shoot. I believe in myself. I'm going to continue to shoot. Now, the fans may not believe it, but he and the coaches and the team does. So I think that he has the skill set. I think that he's raw. I think that he's unpolished. I think he has a lot of improvement to do. But I see why Presti swung for the fences. And it doesn't matter if he's bad this year. It doesn't matter if he's bad next year. But when they have Shay Kate in a trade three or four <laughs> years down the road, it'll be nice if Poku, you know, at 23 years old is a contributor. And that's really
1: possible.
0: John? Look, I'm still on the Poku train. I know it's hard to see. I mean, if you went back to rookie year, Dirk Nowitzki, there's no way. And, and let me pause. I'm not saying he's going to be Dirk Nowitzki. Okay. John Hammond
1: says.
0: <clears throat> I just, to, to dirt I mean, Yeah. Hey. I mean, I remember seeing like promising stuff from Andrea Bargnani, his rookie season and how did that turn out, right? But you know, that's the thing, is like, you know, it's it's hard to it's hard to really project when they're this raw, right? When when Buddy Healed came to Oklahoma in 2012, did anyone think at the time, well, yeah, this guy's gonna lead OU to a final four and be the number six pick in the draft, right? It's just it's so difficult to tell at this stage, but like Brandon said, there is some stuff to work with. Now, he's got a lot of work to do. There's no doubt about that. Um, if this were baseball, he would be down in double A right now, maybe even a ball trying to figure things out, but it's a different system. And, and, he's, and he's learning on the job and we, we kind of get to, you know, we, we get to go through this with him, right? It's, he, is, he is learning all of this in a very public spotlight, right? Thank goodness no one follows me around at work and sees all my mistakes on a daily basis.
1: That's funny because everyone hears mine. Uh, (laughs) So four home games this week. John, does he shoot a free throw?
0: Oh, man. Um, So I've had two scenarios here. I brought up one on OKC Dream Team. What happens first, a Poku free throw or a Maladon block shot? And we haven't seen either one of these things yet. Uh, the other scenario: Do we see a Poku free throw attempt, or it, my kitchen gets finished, which has been under construction for over a month? <laughs> feels dicey. Feels dicey. I, I don't. I don't think he's getting to the line anytime soon, Jerry. I just don't.
1: I, I got the kitchen on that one, uh, Brandon. <laughs> does he? Does he shoot a free throw? I week? believe highly in the law of
2: probability. And just the law of probability says that he is eventually going to shoot a free throw with as many shots as he puts up and as out of control as he looks on some of his shots. Yeah, He's just going to accidentally run into somebody while he's shooting, and they're going to give him free throws for it. So I think, yes, I'm willing to say he is going to shoot a free throw sometime in the next four games. He's got to.
1: I can audibly hear him think when he drives the lane sometimes, No. Like I saw those <laughs> Phoenix and Ayton, where it's just it's a clear, it's just him and Aiton one-on-one, and he has a little momentum in the dribble, and you could just see that sucker slam on the brakes. <laughs> no, no. I listen, unless Dagnalt sticks him at the line for a technical free throw, this is not the week. <laughs> that Poku will be shooting a free throw. So that's where we are right now.
0: It um, will happen eventually. No NBA player that plays this many minutes finishes the season with zero free throws, right? Yeah. It's, it's going to happen at some point.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I tell my wife, too. It's going to happen eventually. <laughs> we, no one goes this uh, long without it happening. So,
0: <laughs> Touche. One <laughs> Yeah, yeah.
2: Let's talk. What about. a segue! Uh, I, no, I want to. I want to hear Jerry's uh, free throw
1: percentage <laughs> now. No, well, I got five championships. i'm going into the hall of fame don't worry about me Um, Uh, all right so wandavision i'm watching it and i am telling you in episode four and if you hey if you i I saved this to the end of the show if you haven't seen it and you think you're going to get spoiler alerts you're going to get spoiler alerts so turn us off now thank you for listening uh and we're going to fire this thing up and keep it going and keep this weird thing happening all right so here we go the first five minutes of this uh, episode, episode four, is one division. Just was like awesome. I just it, it, it was like ice unmelting. Uh, it was just like that first drink of and Brandon follow us on this place. That first <laughs> drink of bourbon, the how it goes down and burn. <laughs> it was that. It was just so fantastic that first five minutes. Yes, it made me want to watch it more, and it made me appreciate investing my time, Brandon.
2: I love this show. I have loved going from the 50s to the 60s to the 70s. I assume next week we'll be getting an 80s episode, which I'm really pumped about. So I love the style and everything, but this was perfect. The episode title was, We Now Interrupt This Program. It's like they interrupted what they were doing to bring us this kind of behind the scenes to peel back and to let us see what was going on. You know, we all kind of had suspicions, but all the connections now with the bigger Marvel Universe With the MCU and the Thanos snap and seeing them come back. That was such a cool reveal. Yeah, that was a lot of fun because I think we're all curious to see what would have happened if life was just going on. Then 50% of the people showed back up after they'd been gone for five years. It was such a cool way to start the episode.
0: Yeah, and, and I hope the '80s episode is that Vision is a shoe salesman, and his and and Wanda Vision, uh, Wanda eats a lot of bonbons. I, I hope that's the setting.
1: They have two kids, so yeah, <laughs> they do. It would, yeah, it would work out
0: perfectly. Yeah. That is- that would be
1: absolutely awesome.
2: That uh, means the Billy or Tommy has to be Christine Applegate, right? Yeah, that's
0: right. Well, you know, <laughs> Wanda can manipulate things, uh, she yeah. can change things as needed. So, no, it, like this show, I, I think it's fascinating because it's being released on a week to week basis. So, we're sort of experiencing this as, as the mystery is unfolding. Um, I'm going to go back and watch this as a bin, just like a four and a half hour movie. When this is all said and done and i think it's going to be a different experience then especially you know kind of knowing the result but um it, it is a definitely it is a unique idea thank you for bringing Cat dennings back into the fold i love you whoever made that happen and uh you know yeah it's it, it's just the the perfect playground to to tap into some of these characters they've been bringing uh that they've they've popped in and out of the mcu and and bring them into this story which I'm not even trying to figure it out. I am just along for the ride. I am not even trying to guess what the riders have in store, and I'm just trying to enjoy it.
1: Here's the best thing that's happened from this thing, too, because we watch WandaVision. Little Chloe is into it. I'm into it. And so Mrs. Ramsey kind of tagged along. And then after episode four, she's like, well, where did this happen? When did this happen? Oh, Really? Right now, she's going to sleep watching the original Avengers because we just finished with Age of Ultron. So nice. she's trying to figure stuff out, and it's just like, "Boo! We've been here the whole time." Thanks for jumping yeah. on. Come on, love yeah. you too. Bro. It's great. So <clears> I love, that. I love all the connections.
0: My wife has seen pretty much all the Marvel movies, if not, if not all of them, all of the major ones. Yeah. Okay, um, and again, she she remembers certain things, but she doesn't like they're not ingrained in her brain. Like they are with me, right? She sort of remembers, yeah, did, did she, didn't Wanda have like a brother that like died or something? You know, like she kind of remembers that. And I'm all like, well, in issue 167 of The X Men, there was, you know, I'm all that guy.
1: I imagine you guys are just getting liquored up over there for bars. Yeah, no.
2: <laughs> well, I watched The Drinker. Uh, <laughs> and she, she's really into WandaVision. I got her hooked on, and she is actually more curious. She watched The First Avengers with me. That's one of the first movies we ever saw together but she never watched any of the other ones now she's really into to wanda and vision and this storyline so she wants and i told her jimmy woo was in ant-man and wasp i told her that geraldine slash monaco was in captain marvel so she's kind of curious about all these other movies. she hasn't done what your wife has done yet she hasn't gone back and watched them but she's curious we did go back and watch though but you know when vision showed up there for a second with his head looking all funky, yeah. She's wondering what that was. She's like, "Is he dead?" And you know, and they mentioned that in this episode. We just YouTube the five minute scene where Wanda or Scarlet Witch had to kill Vision.
0: Yep. So, Brandon on Disney Plus, I think I think the show is called Marvel Legends. I'm not sure, but it's going to be a thing that they do. They're like recap episodes, so they have like a five to seven minute episode about Scarlet Witch. Nice. They have one about Vision that covers these these highlights. So
1: That's cool. Cliff Notes for Nerds. Nice. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Guys, thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, we will get uh, a bunch of schedules out there for whenever we come on again. But uh, once again, the Old Man Game thanks you. Uh, subscribe to our Twitch. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, at Brandon Rebar. Is it just that simple? It, that simple? Yeah, if you can figure out how to spell my name. I mean, that's the difficult <laughs> part. R-A-H-B-A-R. Okay. And then at John Z Ham. Close enough. Close enough. <laughs> And of course, I am at TV's Jerry. Thank you so much. We will catch you next time.